Patrick von Schilhofsky, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School Innovation in India and China podcast series today. Um, you have a dream job as head of Ad Labs, and just tell us sort of what cinema groups you control in that position. Right. I, I wish I was head of all of Ad Labs, but um, I do look after Ad Labs' digital side. Ad Labs is the largest uh, film service company in India. In fact, they make about 85% of all the prints of Bollywood films that get shown around India and around the world. So when a film like Gajini gets distributed to Australia or Canada, it's the print that comes from our lab. Um, we're involved in many other things as well, post-production, uh, grading, as well as camera rentals. So it's effectively a one-stop shop to the uh, Bollywood film industry. And you began by, by sort of just mapping out, you know, the scope and scale of the Bollywood film industry mm-hmm. in terms of where it's come from to. Give us some of those statistics because you focused on two th- things. One, you know, the home market, you know, there aren't that many cinemas in India. But two, you talked of the diaspora. Mm. Yes. Um, There's a huge international audience for for Indian films, for Bollywood films, but they tend to fall into two categories. There are the art house films, uh, the Mira Nair type of films, which tend to be seen by Westerners um, in the art house cinemas, but they don't uh, break out into the multiplexes very often. And then you have the more typical Indian Bollywood, the so-called masala films, but they tend to play to the um, Indian diaspora, the NRIs, Uh, living across the world. And they do have a huge following, um, so much so that in the United States, the uh, second biggest uh, language after English in terms of annual box office takings is Hindi rather than uh, Japanese or French or Spanish, which you might think. So uh, there is a big audience for um, Indian films out there, but they tend to be quite distinct. And every once in a while, or we do have the occasional crossover film like Slumdog Millionaires, which is a bit of a mutt of a film because it has mixed parentage, a bit of British, a uh, bit of Indian, a uh, bit of Hollywood. Now, I, I know that you live in Mumbai and, and you focused on the Indian film market, but, but you did draw some parallels with films like Slumdog Millionaire and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon in the Chinese market. And, and this is a cinema indeed on innovation in India and China. Can you or dare you venture to compare and contrast? <laughs> yes, I mean, we are seeing um, this uh, cross fertilization. You are seeing influences heading both ways. Um, in Bollywood, it is getting more corporate um, because of the Hollywood studios moving in, because of IPOs, uh, because of media companies started, starting to form in what was previously a very fragmented, very uh, star-driven system, which was not even recognized as an industry by the Indian government until 2001. So it's gone through a tremendous change in a short amount of time. Now, Hollywood studios are looking at this market and seeing an opportunity because their films account for just 5 to 10% of box office. Indians in India prefer to watch domestic films. So if Hollywood wants to have a slice of that pie, they have to make those Indian films for domestic audiences. Now, that is not unique to India. Um, Hollywood studios like Warner Brothers are active everywhere in China, in Germany, in Spain. And India is a logical extension of that. And if you look at Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, again, it was not a typical Chinese film. It was produced by Sony Pictures. 
It had some uh, Japanese actors in it. It was a Taiwanese Western-educated director, and the scriptwriter was somebody with a very un-Chinese name of James Shamos. So I think it's inevitable that we're going to see more and more of the meeting of the two cultures in trying to learn the best from each other and for expanding and for growing. But could it be then that the East takes over West? That in, in fact, that, that if you have the, the, the battle of the gladiators, you know, Hollywood against Bollywood, that we might in 20 years' time see the globalisation of Bollywood and it winning through? Um, it would be a tall order for, to think that, that Bollywood is going to replace Hollywood, but I think it'll be a very, very strong number two. And it is already in a lot of markets, which we don't think about. For example, in the Middle East, where uh, it's a pretty much a level playing field between Hollywood films and Bollywood films, they are equally popular at the multiplexes in um, places like Dubai and Kuwait and so on. So already there, um, we're seeing more of a strong challenge from Bollywood in countries in Africa and China too. Um, there isn't this massive domination that Hollywood has necessarily in Europe um, and the Western Hemisphere. So I think that Bollywood will become more pronounced in the future. We're already seeing influences in terms of directors picking up uh, the Indian vision and incorporating to them films like Moulin Rouge and Titanic are very, very much influenced by the whole Bollywood aesthetic and the Bollywood way of uh, telling uh, stories and incorporating song and dance into it. So, yes, we will see more of that, but I don't think that Bollywood will be overtaking Hollywood just yet. But then you also talked about the future of cinema and one of the bright spots being escapism during the, the, the current recession, mm. and, and that applies to India too. Yes, yeah, very much so. And in fact, I think where India is today is where Hollywood in the United States was in the 1930s and 40s, where um, we didn't have internet, we didn't have DVDs and television, we only had radio as an alternative. So if people wanted to escape the, the grim realities of the depression, they went to the cinema. And same in India, where um, for a large part of the rural population, cinema is the only escape that they can afford on a regular basis, and um, which is why um, there really are strong parallels between, because in India, even today, the DVD market, the internet market is very much nascent, so it is a very much a cinema-driven industry where 70% of a film's revenue will come from the box office, whereas in a place like Hollywood, they earn most of their money from DVDs and satellite television and so on. And, of course, there's that other factor, the Internet. And, and in China, there's Internet connection, and so films can be delivered mm. through the Internet. And, and in India, you said that market is still small, just simply because the Internet connections aren't good. Yes, and I think we're never going to see um, Internet connections and broadband connections in India rising significantly enough for it to be a massive delivery platform for movies the way it can be here in the West. But what we will see is probably a leapfrogging with the uh, mobile phone revolution, which is already um, so significant. There are more than 300 million Indians with uh, mobile phones. It's not a upper-class or middle-class phenomenon. It's the, um, the man selling uh, vegetables on a street corner. He has a mobile phone. And if you can deliver not entire movies, but song clips, song and dance clips, and little snippets of films, I think that's going to be a much more powerful and profit-making distribution platform for film and content producers than through broadband fixed-line internet. One other factor in terms of the Indian film industry is language. And you mentioned Hindi mm. as being a very important language in terms of film. Why is that? And, and, and you know, is it a global language? 
Um, Hindi is the language, obviously, for Bollywood, but it's not the only one. In India, there are very small and thriving industries based around the other regional languages. You've got a Marathi film industry, uh, Bengali, Punjabi, Gujarati as well. Uh, in fact, there's a very strong um, second center of filmmaking after Bollywood and Mumbai in the south with the Tamil and Telugu film industry, which is completely different from the Hindi, not just the language and alphabet being completely different, but the way of telling stories, the way of making films. Yes, they also have song and dance in it, but it's a very, very different aesthetic. And um, I think that we're going to see not just Bollywood growing abroad, but I think we could see crossover hits from other Indian languages, such as uh, Tamil and Telugu. From you personally, as, as chief Operating officer for AdLab's uh, digital cinema. You live in Mumbai. Yes. You know, it's a dream job if if you love cinema or you're a cinema addict. I mean, what are what are your observations on India now at this crossroads of a new industrial age globally for all of us, yeah. West and East? Sure, I agree with you. It is a dream job, but it comes with a nightmare commute. So that's the price you pay having to put up with Mumbai traffic to get to work. But it really is um, like a throwback, I think, to Hollywood in the old 1930s and 40s. I come back to this fact, and it is because it has not been very organized until now. The fact that it wasn't recognized as an industry until less than 10 years ago meant that there were underworld connections to it, um, which made it a bit more dangerous and glamorous, I suppose. Um, it's very much a star-driven system. It really Your film will open depending on how big a star you have in it. It's not driven by directors or producers or even the studios. Um, and this entire world, a classical um, 30s and 40s Hollywood, comes crashing head-on into the 21st century with the Internet, with mobile phones, with piracy, with satellite delivery, with... Um, in the case of AdLabs, we're pushing cinema films um, over fiber optic undersea cables from India to New York um, in three hours flat. So um, it's, it's a very, very interesting time because of the fact that India and Bollywood is going through such a transformation in terms of catching up on 50 years of, of development that Hollywood in the West has had in a very short space of time, just five years effectively. And that really is about progressive markets, emerging markets as well, which is the theme of this Judge Business School Innovation in India and China yes. Uh, conference. Yes, no, definitely. And um, we will see even more changes in the next um, five years as, as Hollywood sorry, um, comes into Bollywood and as Bollywood becomes more established, both within India and as an international force with companies like Reliance setting up production deals, with Hollywood stars like George Clooney, uh, Brad Pitt, Julia Roberts, Tom Hanks, and, of course, setting up um, the uh, DreamWorks Spielberg deal with Reliance, but also other uh, Indian companies like UTV going out there producing films like M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening, um, Mira Nair's The Namesake, and just becoming more of a, more of a global force, which will be felt with. Patrick, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School, Innovation in India and China podcast series today. I've learned a lot. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.